Welcome to the Hack My Solar Podcast, providing off-grid solutions to an on-grid world. Hey everybody and welcome to the Hack My Solar Podcast. This is Sean Mills and today we're going to talk about the grid of the future. I was at, actually over the past year I've been at several power generation conferences where I've had conversations with people from companies like Duke Energy, Southern Company, which owns Alabama and Georgia Power, Mississippi Power, and Gulf Power, and uh, let's see, who else? Ameren, uh, over in the Midwest, AES, um, all of these different uh, uh, generation companies. I don't deal with the ones out west very much, but Dynagy, Illuminant over in Texas, all of these guys are saying the same thing. Uh, the grid of the future is coming, and it's going to look a lot different than what we have right now and it's going to surprise a lot of people how different that it is and so when I was at this last one down in Alabama I was talking to a guy and he was telling me that both Alabama Power and Georgia Power are creating smart neighborhoods uh, so these these companies that make their money off of converting nuclear um, reactions and uh, coal dug from the ground uh, to energy or to, to heat which then creates steam which then creates energy these guys are investing quite heavily in renewables and and now in what they're calling the grid of the future and so I thought it'd be interesting to talk through some of that stuff today um, if you go to smartneighbor.com that's the website for this program that they're doing and it's really neat I mean it's it's super high efficiency uh, appliances um, smart houses you know where things are voice activated and your refrigerator tells you when you're running low on milk and you can change your thermostat from your cell phone while you're at work all of these things uh, and then it's also uh, there all the houses have solar panels on them the neighborhood itself has a natural gas powered uh, backup generator and then there's a microgrid for the neighborhood and what's neat about that microgrid is it allows properties that are generating an excess of electricity from their solar panels to take that and put it onto the microgrid so that another person in their neighborhood can utilize that without having to pull any electricity off of the uh, the bigger overall grid and so this essentially creates a fully self-sufficient neighborhood uh, we talk about self-sufficiency a lot and, and how um, you know solar thermal solar uh, photovoltaic systems uh, can be part of that self-sufficiency but this is a system that um, that extends out from just the house itself and, and goes to the neighborhood and I think about what that might do for community. One of the things that happened when we, you know, were able to take these um, vast amounts of energy from certain places in the country, transport them on railroads to other places in the country, generate electricity, and then through the the magic of alternating current, um, transfer that electricity all over the United States and create these massive grids that with with step down transformers and, and all these different things one of the things that that did was is it created uh, the ability for humans 
to exist without community. Uh, it created it, the ability for people to, to um, you know, either either move far away from, from other people and still have access to all the things that they really wanted um, or, or to, you know, to move out of the city and away from uh, the customs around there being everyone in a neighborhood knowing each other and talking to each other and helping each other out and getting together for uh, cookouts and things like that. You know, that w- those are pretty strong customs in the in the cities. And when people started moving out to the suburbs, a little bit of that stuck around. Uh, but you know, by the by the 70s and the 80s, um, you weren't talking to your neighbor uh, in the suburb that much. And by the 2000s, you might not even know your neighbor's name. And so, what I'm hoping as I look at some of these technologies, and, and one of the things that I think about is. Well, if you're buying electricity from me Monday and Tuesday, and I'm buying it back from you Wednesday through uh, Thursday, and then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday when we're home, um, you know, we're sharing the grid. We all go, maybe four of us guys get together at one guy's house, and I'll watch uh, the football game on his super massive 4K uh, TV with the surround sound system and everything else, and we're all donating electricity to the house to run uh, to run that stuff, uh, or we get together in the backyard for, for a little fire pit party and, and we've got, you know, the speakers going and the stereo blazing and everyone hanging out. And, uh, we've got other people in the neighborhood donating, donating power, uh, to run those big amps and everything. Uh, you know, I think that that would open the door for, for the creation of a new, uh, type of community that, you know, we haven't really seen before. Um, so the other thing that you're going to you can begin hearing a lot about is the smart grid, and so what the smart grid is going to do is it's going to take a look at where power is being generated and where power is being consumed, and when there's an excess, it'll take the excess generation and store it, and then when it's when there's you know when it goes back the other way, then it'll pull electricity out of that storage. And right now, you know, it's all about the lithium ion. Uh, there's the big, I think it's a 60 or 80 megawatt storage facility that was put in in California last year uh, where they're doing just that. They're saying, hey, we don't need to build a peaking station anymore. When all these solar panels are creating more electricity than people are using, we're going to stick it in these batteries. And then when everyone gets home in the evenings when the solar's not doing that great and everyone flips their TV on and their electric stove and we need more electricity, we just pull it out of the batteries. And that's the most cost-effective way right now today in California to handle that excess load. Uh, right now, you've got uh, you know systems in place in, in Texas, for example, where they're essentially dumping load. They're saying, well, you know, between the wind and the solar in Texas, we're generating more than we need. Uh, they're so they're paying people to use electricity. Um, you know that that's what they've got to do right now because we're on a dumb grid. We're on a grid that uh, we can't put, you know, too much power onto because we'll break it. Uh, now, if we've got a place and a way for that grid to get a lot smarter about, you know, when it when it stores and when it uses and, and not curtailing uh, these renewable systems, that's going to have a double whammy effect of um, really, really helping to take the lid off the top of utility scale renewable energy sources. And it's also going to drive uh, battery prices way down 
uh, when you've got these utilities with these big pocketbooks funding R&D or funding uh, indirectly R&D by buying millions and millions of dollars worth of batteries. So I definitely see that smart grid as having kind of a double effect there. And um, oh, I, I don't think I mentioned, but that smart neighborhood actually has battery banks as well. So it's got a battery bank, it's got solar panels, uh, the neighborhood is all connected in a microgrid, and in the center of that microgrid, there's a natural gas generator for backup power. Um, so, you know, again, it's the utilities that are going to drive this, this cost renaissance uh, that's going to continue. I mean, I, I mentioned a couple days ago, um, you know, the price of a solar panel wholesale right now is less than 40 cents a watt. And that's going to continue to go down. Um, I think it was Swanson's Law or Schrader's Law. can't think. I don't have any notes in front of me. I'm sitting in a car right now, but... Um, one of those guys, it's, there, there's a post on Facebook about it. For every doubling in shipped capacity, the price per watt goes down by half. So we've shipped a lot of capacity in the past 50 years. Um, but once we, every time we double that capacity, we essentially reduce the price by half. And as a matter of fact, recently, it's gone by down by more than half. So one more doubling of... Uh, delivered capacity and you're going to be looking at you know solar panels in the range of 20 cents per watt and when you've got solar panels in the range of 20 cents per watt and you've got utility companies dumping hundreds of millions of dollars into battery um, either again R&D or through uh, purchases those economies of scale are going to start ramping up um, we've, we've talked before about the car, the, the whole thing, how cars are going to change, uh, the way that we live because this idea of car ownership is going to go away. Uh, you're going to have a membership to Ford or Chevy or whoever, Tesla, and you're going to go pick up the car that you want that week. And then that weekend, if you need a moving van or a pickup truck to pull your boat or something like that. You'll just go trade your one car in and get the other one that you need, and, and that's it. You won't actually own the car. Well, when that happens, this whole issue with how do we take care of the waste on the backside of an electric car goes away uh, because they're going to take care of it. It's their problem, and they have the deep pockets to come up with a solution for it. The other thing you're going to see, see at the same time as that system is, again, we've got all this need and we've got all this generation, and the two things don't line up when it comes to renewables. Well, um, you know, electric cars are a great way to help offset that. You know, you go to work, and you plug your car in at work, and it gets charged during the middle of the day when overall usage or, or, or uh, consumption is down, but uh, generation is up. And then maybe you go home, and, and you know... Hey, I need um, I need five percent of my battery to get to work, and so you know just for safety's sake, I'm never going to go below twenty percent of my battery. But I can plug my battery into my house overnight and use the other eighty percent that's in that battery to run my house, and I'm using electricity that I got for free at my place of employment while I was working. How does that sound? I mean, that's coming. That's going to be a thing. Uh, they're already piloting these types of systems up in Michigan right now. Ford is. 
and then and then you're going to continue to see this whole move towards the smart appliances. Um, you know, particularly in areas where you've got different cost structures for different times of the day for uh, using electricity. You know, it's at peak times, it's more more uh, electricity, uh, or rather electricity costs more, excuse me. <laughs> um, that, that's coming, you know, where, where you're going to have all your systems attached to Wi-Fi and you might throw all your laundry in your laundry, in your washing machine, and you may throw all of your dishes in your dishwasher and you may set your refrigerator to a slightly higher setting and your thermostat to a slightly higher setting and your house the brain inside your house looks at it and says okay from 11 to 2 that's the cheapest electricity we've got so we're going to go ahead and wash these clothes from 11 to 2 we're going to wash these dishes from 11 to 2 and maybe we're going to turn the freezer down a little bit and maybe we're going to do the math and say, all right, this is the BTUs we have on the air conditioning unit, and this is how many square footage we have in the house. Here's the kind of, you know, the difference between the in, inside and outside temperature. So we're going to do the calculations to determine does it make sense to turn the thermostat down right now in the middle of the day when the electricity is cheaper and take a little bit of that base cooling load off, turn it back up as we get closer to uh, peak, and then when the car gets home tonight and plugged in, then we'll crank the AC up and, and use the car battery's uh, energy to, to run the air conditioning in the house. Does that make sense? Or maybe does it make sense to even turn it up a degree or two, let the house sit at 80 degrees in the middle part of the day, and then maybe 15 to 20 minutes before we would normally turn it back down before the master is home, uh, we, we turn it down a little bit earlier so that it gets to our target temperature at the moment that the car walks in through the door. Or not the car, but the, uh, the car gets parked and the owner walks in through the door. Those systems are coming. Your house is going to be able to run itself very efficiently. And so when I talk about things like the microgrid and the smart grid, when I talk about things like a smart house, uh, your house that communicates with your neighbor's house and shares resources when they're available. Uh, these are not pie in the sky, um, you know, utopian ideals. These are things that are being researched. They're being tested right now, and they're coming to market. I don't know if it's going to be five years. I don't know if it's going to be ten years. But the people with the pockets, the people that are uh, that that you know are. Their job is to know what's coming and to be invested in it so they can continue uh, to make money and, and be leaders in their fields. Uh, they, they know what's coming and they're already doing that investment right now. Well, guys, I hope you all enjoyed the show today. Uh, if you've got any questions, comments, or things you'd like for us to talk about on the show, uh, you can send me an email at sean, S-H-A-W-N, at hackmysolar.com. You can visit us at Hack My Solar on the on the webpage. You can also go to the blog. Every one of these podcast posts has a blog post that goes with it at hackmysolar.com. Feel free to uh, leave us a message there. Uh, and again, we'd love to hear back from you on uh, new things that uh, you've heard about. You'd like us to do some research into or questions that you have or problems that you've run into or ideas that you have and you want some vetting on them all of that stuff. Reach out. We'd love to hear from you. Well, thanks again and look forward to talking to you again soon.